Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tim Dillon Show here from the Gas Digital Network in New York City. We thank Luis Gomez. We thank the staff at the Gas Digital Enterprise where we started this show. Uh, our studio in Los Angeles, California being worked on right now. A little studio revamp happening. Some better lighting. A new desk. Uh, a new background. All being handled right now uh, in Los Angeles, California. While I am here in New York... And uh, I'll be here till I leave for Chicago on Friday. The Chicago Theater almost sold out. There's like a few tickets left. Chicago never lets me down. As a uh, city for comedy, they have never, ever, ever, ever let me down. Uh, and I appreciate that. Also, Milwaukee, the Pabst Theater. Uh, Milwaukee has let me down a few times. But I've let them down. We've let each other down. And now the Pabst Theater is a couple hundred seats uh, from being sold out. Let's sell it out. We can all make peace together because that time I lost my voice. That you're still holding against me, you shitty little frozen nothing. Come and buy the fucking ticket. Enough. You think these are cheap? These cover the majority of my face. It's like a burka. Um... We're going to talk about Taylor Swift. Boy, have I missed out on this Taylor Swift stuff. I have. I don't get it. Now, I'm not I'm not going at her. She's a colleague. She's someone who's out on the road. She's on a tour. I'm on a tour. I get it. What I've missed is I thought she had one song. I thought she had that love story. It's a love story. I had no idea she was the biggest artist uh, uh, in the world. And I guess I'm not a white lady, but I, and, and respect to her and what she's done. I, this is like amazing. It's just one of those people like, I, I understand Drake. I get, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, a, I'm not out of it. I know what pop culture is. I know, I know who's a big and successful, but Taylor Swift, I, I guess I was surprised at that, but I guess she's the soundtrack to all of these women's lives, right? Their breakups and the heartbreak and the heartache. Like Taylor Swift is the soundtrack to the suburban, like white woman's life. Like Taylor Swift is the song playing in their head at every pivotal moment in their life. This is what I've been told. And I guess it's true. Because arena after arena after arena, who does she think she is? Sebastian Maniscalco. It's there's so many, and I and I respect it. Um, what she's doing, I I I don't. Do you know any Taylor Swift? So it's like no one knows anything. No. No one know what I mean. The one, it's a love story, and I know it because of TikTok. I wouldn't know. 
Now I'm sure she's doing she's got other ones and I know that they're quite popular. I'm not I'm not saying this woman does not deserve it's but look, can we be honest for a minute? And I know that people might get mad at me and this is not a dig to her at all. And this shouldn't be viewed as a dig at her or to her. It's terribly mediocre. Right? Isn't it terribly mediocre? And that's not meant to offend. It's just from my observation, the music, the compositions, the lyrics, the performance, terribly mediocre. And I don't mean, and I don't mean to say that in a, in any type of uh, in in a way that makes anyone angry at me because I imagine that's the goal. I imagine that's the goal, and that's what people enjoy is the mediocre. I think that's what people want now. And, 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 but her fans now are showing up in uh, diapers or wearing adult diapers to her concerts. And my mother's in a nursing home. I'm well, I know what an adult diaper is. I'm well aware of an adult diaper. But they're wearing it in a non fetish way. They're wearing it because they would rather shit themselves than miss. A Taylor Swift song, of which I couldn't, gun to my head, could not tell you what one of them is, other than Love Story. I would have no idea. Gun in my mouth, I go, oh no. But apparently there's so many good ones. It never ends. There's so it's hit after hit after hit. A breakup. I'm back. I love him again. I hate him. I'm back. I moved. I don't know. What else is there? In the white woman world, I was at a coffee shop and I saw a guy. Whatever it is, there's so many of these that are of such consequence, such consequence uh, that people would rather defecate in an arena with their friends. Literally, Literally stand there while this bitch is playing music and shit. Like... Like fucking totally entranced in the moment of a concert, but also shitting. And then with the shit in your diaper, continue to enjoy the show. This is happening. Let's let's read this because I didn't make this up. Listen to this. The amount of stress and time it took me to get Taylor Swift tickets. I'll be getting an adult diaper because I'm not missing a minute of it. Questions for the audience. Would you, wear, would you wear an adult diaper to a three-hour concert in order not to miss a single song? Well, it seems like some Taylor Swift fans are doing exactly that. In case you haven't been keeping up with Taylor and her Mammoth Eras tour, the superstar performs a whopping 44 songs. She has 44 songs. From her discography every night. Nikki Glaser is going to kill me, by the way, when she if she hears this. Um... And with three hours of nonstop bangers, bops, and ballads, any time spent queuing up for the toilet could mean you could miss at least one song. Adult diapers are the solution, apparently. This is this is real. TikTok user, whoever, recently went viral on the app after posting a video of herself attempting to put on one underneath her fearless-themed outfit. And it turns out there's quite a few Swifties who have deployed... The very same tactic. Another user wrote, no one knows I'm wearing an adult diaper for this alongside a clip of them in their seat. 
They literally, best case, they're pissing, right? Best case here, the Swifties are saying, if I have to dribble a little bit, I don't want to miss whatever. However, some of them are shitting. There's, there's no way that some of these people are not using this opportunity to, as an adult, shit themselves because the bathrooms are so long. This is why I don't do lots of arenas because I don't want this to be happening. I don't want my fans to have to suffer through that indignity. I want to touch on also this Walgreens, because I Walgreens now, and most drugstores in America now have adopted the same uh, security measures as like a maximum security prison. If you go to get deodorant, you have to alert someone that you want it. Walgreens is a new store that they're debuting, I think it's in Chicago, that is completely theft-proof, meaning the vast majority of the things in the Walgreens store are kept behind uh, plastic. You cannot touch them. There's only two aisles you can touch. Walgreens debuts new anti-theft store with only two aisles of touchable product and customers hate it. Well, of course, because it's a drugstore, you're there to get like hemorrhoid cream, condoms, like digestive, whatever. It, drugstores are humiliating by their very nature. Nobody goes into a drugstore excited about, it's not Bergdorf Goodman, this is not uh, Saks Fifth Avenue, this is a Walgreens, and unless you're in there to get sunscreen, usually what you're getting is embarrassing, you don't want to have to, like, get a Walgreens store employee to be like, by the way, um, can you get me uh, this KY warming jelly? Uh, also, I would like uh, some cream. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's mortifying to do that. And the idea that we live in a society now where people cannot be trusted to not steal Band-Aids. That's where we're at. This is not a high-end store. This is not a jewelry store. Nobody's going into Walgreens to do any, you know, exciting shopping. It's, and I'm shocked that grocery stores are not more secure. I would think these people are hungry. I don't even know what they're stealing in Walgreens, but I guess it's like toiletries and things they need. I guess stuff, but it's so humiliating that people are like, fuck this. And what they're going to do, and this is the beginning of everything becoming just digital. This is the beginning of people not leaving their house. We're not going to like enforce the law. So we're going to let people just go out and steal. And then you have these companies that are like, we're losing, like in San Francisco, they're losing so much money because people keep stealing everything. That they don't, these stores are leaving. There's a list of corporate stores that are leaving San Francisco because they're like, we can't deal with like people, you know, with lesions coming into Panera and bleeding in the soup.
So they have to get out of there. They can't deal with it. They have these corporate, you know, companies, these whatever, whatever they are. And I think Nordstrom's is out. There's some fast casual restaurants that are leaving. I mean, can you imagine what a San Francisco Starbucks bathroom looks like? It's just fetuses piled up on the floor with the umbilical cord. I mean, can you imagine if you had to spend, what would you rather, 24 hours in the shark-infested waters that this that high school kid died off of, we're going to talk about that in a minute, or in the Bahamas, or 24 hours in a San Francisco Starbucks bathroom. Be very careful. Think about your choice. And you know the people in Starbucks can't say no, especially the ones in San Francisco. They're very progressive, uh, whatever, people. So when someone walks in, uh, bleeding, foaming at the mouth, mid-seizure, with another person on a leash, whatever it is, and they go, can I use the bathroom? Who at Starbucks is going to say no? Who at the San Francisco Starbucks is going to go, um... Uh, it's actually just for customers only. I'm sorry. No one's going to say that. Everybody's going to just shout the code. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. They should give the employees at Starbucks adult diapers so they can shit themselves instead of having to walk into that bathroom, which I imagine people just use to shoot up and do other things that our minds can't even go to that place. But all of these corporate companies, they're leaving... San Francisco, they're leaving these major cities. They want out. They're like, we can't, if the police aren't going to get this situation, you know, tame this, we can't do it. We, our employees lack the fucking, that's not part of our training. Like part of our training at Starbucks is not how do you de-escalate a situation between two trans homeless veterans, that are fighting in the street or whatever configuration of humanity exists. That's not it. It's like make the macchiato. It's not like how do you deal with people that are in it, in the midst of a mental breakdown that are flinging their excrement at other customers. That's not part of the training. We can't make it part of the training. These people are sitting. We're going to have to leave. We're going to have to relocate and get out of the cities. And, then the stores that stay, like Walgreens, because Walgreens is not going anywhere. They're not leaving. The drug stores are not leaving. They actually kind of have to stay. Like a CVS, a Walgreens, whatever. They have to stay. So what they are going to do is they're just going to lock down the store so that every purchase that you make no matter how embarrassing, like you just want to go into these places, grab something and self-check out and go. That's what a drugstore is. You want to you want to get dandruff medication or you want to get whatever you're trying to get outside of a few things you don't have to be ashamed about, whatever the hell they're selling over there. But it's, it's personal items. It's the whole point. So when you buy a personal item, the last thing you want to do is, you know, like you call out to some woman who then walks over and she's like all in your business and she has to open the case and hand you whatever you're buying. And 
This is why people are just going to go, fuck it. Let's go on the internet. Buy it all online. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with that fat, judgmental bitch at Walgreens who doesn't understand why I need cream for my ass. Whatever it happens to be. So this is when people are just going to say, fuck it, we're out, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. And listen, why doesn't why doesn't Walgreens just make it like um, like a like a kind of like a, a drug dealer with just a, like a slot where you could just they don't have to look at you, you could just show up and say preparation H condoms, uh, dangerous thing, and you just they just put it out. Uh, Sarai, can I get the one with Sarai the psoriasis, please? Yes, yes, the userin, but for psoriasis for the skin condition. Yes, thank you. And they could just throw a slot like you're buying a package of heroin. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. We, I know that Legion talked about this in a few other shows. I do want to talk about this because this is the season of graduation. Kids are going to die. This is not negotiable. Every graduation, people get really excited about being an adult. And then they die immediately. This is what happens. Kids go out. They drink too much. They get in a car. They do too many drugs. They, uh, how else do kids die? They race. They drag race. They try to do a dumb uh, internet prank. And they fall off a roof. They're going to die. The summer, senior summer, between high school and college, invariably, kids get too excited about being an adult. They're like, now I'm an adult, and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And some of them die, and it's sad. But it is, every year like clockwork, this happened. I remember it. I knew people. That senior that senior year, one girl I knew, was her boyfriend strangled her under a bridge. That's not technically her fault. But that's what happens when you're in a very passionate relationship, and some women should know that. This is sometimes the end. I didn't know them well, but this was my, my senior summer. She went and got her. Um, that's not, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's an example of what I mean, is that it's senior summer can either be very fun or not very fun. I, uh, you know, senior summer, we, I just continued to do what I did uh, for, you know, uh, during high school, which is just a, a nice amount of drugs, a reasonable, rational amount of drugs every day. I knew my tolerance. I knew my limits. And if there's anybody listening that's going and having a crazy senior summer, don't overdo it. You have your whole life to use drugs and drink alcohol. Don't overdo it this one summer. It's not worth it. And a lot of these deaths happen to be because they're just trying to impress somebody. They're just trying to impress a friend or like a, um, 
you know, a girlfriend maybe. They're like, look at me. Look who's fucking standing on the big rock. In the, and then it's over. And they die quickly. They die very quickly. It's, it's, they're out. Friend of mine's brother just, you know, sad, but just in a car, done. It's not long and agonizing. It's quick. And so this dude, he's a baseball player in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Good-looking, probably had the world at his feet. Nice picture of him and the girl at prom. This guy's living his life. They go on a cruise to the Bahamas. I don't even know why. But this is what, I guess, people in, you know, when you're graduating in Louisiana, this is what you do. You go on some cruise to uh, the Bahamas. I think it's called, it's something ridiculous. It's called like the, the Pirate's Revenge or something silly that this guy ended up going to. And there's a video of him jumping off. I guess everybody's on this boat. It's late at night. And we have the article, I believe. It's late at night. It's sad. This is sad. We're watching someone get eaten by a shark, or we think we are. We don't really know. But it's this. So he's, he's a U.S. high school graduate. He disappeared after leaping off a cruise ship into the dark waters of the Bahamas last week. He might have met uh, a grisly fate with a shark attack. Cameron Robbins, 18, was last seen swimming after jumping off the Blackbeard's Revenge Sunset Cruise. The Royal Bahamas Defense Force was like, yeah, the waters are very shark infested. So now look, here is, let's see the the, the video of this kid because I think he's trying to show off and this is what happens. This kid jumped off. Oh my God. Oh, oh bye bye. Oh, that's it. Wow. Let's watch it one more time because it's dark and it's grainy, but there's a moment in the video when you could see he disappears. I think people are thinking that he was pulled underwater by the shark. Now, again, just before we watch it again, this is a, this is a moment in this kid's life, and some of these moments define your life. You may not want to hear this. I don't know how many people listen to this show that are young. Some of them might. But there are moments that define your life and you don't even know it. Like, you don't even know it. It, And sometimes it's too late. That guy wanted so badly to be a badass, to stick out, to get attention, to be seen as a fucking crazy dude. He want now because they the kids they watch all these people do pranks and I'm friends with some of them the Nell kids and whatever they watch all of this stuff on the internet and they go the way to get attention is to do a prank that captivates everybody gets everybody to go dude yo it was legendary we were in the Bahamas and Cameron bro he's fucking nuts he's picturing this at his wedding. He's picturing at his wedding 
Someone's going to, his best man's going to be like, Cameron, hey, Jessica, you're getting a fucking crazy guy. I was with him when he jumped off a fucking pirate ship in the Bahamas. Everybody thought he was going to die. There were sharks everywhere. But fucking Cameron, he doesn't give a fuck about anything. That's what he thought the result of this was going to be. That's what I believe he thought it was going to be. He's like, I'm just going to do it. And that moment defined his life. His entire life now is over because he thought to himself, I'll just be a fucking badass for a few minutes. For a few minutes, not, nothing, you know, I'm just going to jump in the water. I'm going to swim a little bit. Everybody's going to point. And instead, everybody witnessed his death at the hands of a shark, which is pretty fucking cool. Not that he died. That is sad. But it's actually a much better story than he had even envisioned. He's given people now a great story for the rest of their life. He's given them a gift to tell their future children. There is not anyone on that boat that is not thinking slightly differently about their decisions. And sometimes the best thing anyone can be in life is a story, a cautionary tale, a flag on a mantle. Uncle Jim gave it all for the country. Because who knew what Uncle Jim would have been doing if he didn't give it all for the country? Maybe he would have been at the barbecue getting handsy with the kids. So just flag on the So Cameron, who I'm sure was a lovely guy, maybe, who knows? I don't know. I'm sure he was. But what he's done now for these people that were on that boat, they have one of the most amazing stories. I would work it into everything. I don't care where I was or what I was doing. I would absolutely, I would always bring it up. I would go, get this, high school. We're on a cruise in the Bahamas. All of a sudden, this guy Cameron, baseball player, had it all going for him. Girlfriend, was going to a good college, all that. Decides to jump off the boat. At 11.30, 12 midnight, everybody's freaking out. Then you know what happens? He's eaten by a shark. I would never, I would not be in one social arrangement where that story was not told. I would tell a cop who gave me a ticket. I would tell anyone. There would be not one thing I would do in my life where I would not bring that up. Getting a mortgage at a bank. When they say, Mr. Dillon, how long have you been employed? I would go, first, high school, cruise ship in the Bahamas, good-looking baseball player, world at his feet, had the girl, the college, probably a good job, decides to jump off, disappears into the murky waters, eaten by sharks right in front of us. It's the type of story that makes you appreciate life. And by the and I'm sad about this. I don't want this. I'm against this. If I could have talked to the shark and tried to get him 
or her to behave differently. I would have, but I can't. But what Cameron has done is he's given people the gift now of a great story. It is an epic tale. And it's quick. That's the beauty of it. It's in and out. It's not like my third cousin's uncle. Well, we called him uncle, but he wasn't really related to It's none of that. It's boat in death in front of everyone. And, it, and, and then they get to describe the aftermath. They get to describe the weird, because everyone's partying. You're on fucking Blackbeard's Adventure Cruise or whatever white trash festival they take these scumbags on after they graduate fucking gumbo high school. And they're on this boat and everybody's getting drunk. And it's what a great fucking way to start the summer. Your friend gets eaten by sharks in front of you. You then get to say to yourself, wow, like he, they're on the phones going, Cameron was eaten by a fucking shark. They're saying Cameron was eaten by a fucking shark, dude. He jumped off. It's fucking nuts. How fun is that? That they have that experience, that moment, that bonding. We should have stopped them. They said we should have stayed. Never should have jumped. They'll live with that forever. This kid had best friends. I'm sure. They are going to, maybe he told one of them, and maybe one of them wasn't like, you know, I don't know, they couldn't stand up to him because they just, they loved Cameron, and Cameron, he was the one who got to do whatever he wanted to do, and they have to live with that because someone's inevitably going to go, did he tell anyone? Did he tell anyone he was going to jump off? And then one guy is going to be like, "Uh, he may have mentioned it. They're like, and you didn't stop him? I don't know. It was Cameron. Let's watch it one more time. Again, an RIP to this man, but a gift. A gift. Not only can you see a shark in the video. Oh, you can? You can. But uh, you hear somebody in the background go, bye-bye. Well, that's interesting. That shows how callous children are now, huh? That really does. Bye-bye. Like, that's a real... And maybe not everybody knew him, but and, and, and violence to these kids is all, it's like a video game now, it's not even real. I mean, we they're in schools, they're preparing to get shot every day, they're doing fucking drills. I get it. They're a little cold. The kids have become a little cold, but that if they saw the shark about to eat him and they were like, bye-bye, unless it was a fun black chick who was like, bye-bye, because that would be perfect. Again, RIP to this person, I don't, I'm not happy this guy perished. But it was in a way that will teach people on, everyone learns a lesson on that boat. Deaths were prevented because people are going to look at that and they're going to go, yeah, maybe I shouldn't drive 120 miles an hour to impress my girl. It's going to impact people's behavior in a range of different ways. Let's watch this video again. This is very sad. Uh, A guy jumps off a boat here and gets eaten by a shark to teach others. You can kind of see the shark. Oh, oh, bye bye. Oh, I mean, it's sad. It's sad because you can, you can, it looks like a shark. Oh, boy. Well, we are unhappy about that. But it is something where you say to yourself, like, huh, 
It's that split-second decision that that guy made. And when he was in the water, I wonder if he knew. Like, when he was in the water, I wonder if he knew that he had made the wrong decision. Probably. Once he got in there, he goes, this isn't as cool as I thought it would be. I imagine that. President, yeah, I can what? Show you the shark real quick. Oh, please show me the shark. Where is it? It's about three seconds in. I see it coming from the left side here. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can just see the way it turns too. That's a shark. Got to be a shark. And then he's the he's dragged under the water. I mean, you just see him swim the other way, but I think by the time anything happens to him, the boat is long gone. I think he's out of sight. So he maybe sees the shark and goes, I'm going to get out of there. Yeah, I think he swims the other way. Wow. Amazing. The last, you know, you wonder the last few seconds it goes through your head. You know, you know, like the last few seconds he's in the water. He sees the shark. He goes, fuck, this is the cost of fame. On that little level, on that small microscopic, who cares level of just being known to everyone on the boat. That's the cost of it. That's the cost of being known. Wow. Because it could have worked out. He could have came back on the boat. Everyone could have loved him. You're the fucking craziest dude. I had to do it. He's telling everyone, fucking Bahamas, man. I had to do it. Like, But it went the other way. It went the other way. It's like Britney Spears. Fame can be Tina Turner, where you have this great long career. You move to Switzerland. You marry a guy who doesn't hit you. You live to lady whatever. You enjoy yourself. You're, you die a legend. Or fame can be Britney Spears, where they keep you in a cage for 10 years. They let you out. We all go, you need to go back in. And it's, it's uh, horrifying to behold. It's a, it's a horrific sight. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. By the way, speaking of fame, thank you to the the Sun, the Daily Mail, uh, the British press. I mean, the show has an international reach, and we've always known that. I've been one of the foremost critics of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle for their own good. This is not something I do with malice. This is something I do because I want them to change their behavior. Prince Harry specifically, I think he can be saved. I believe Meghan is too far gone. Um, but the Daily Mail had a great article, and I believe the Sun ran it first, the New York Post ran a version of it, 
that uh, quoted what I said about them, which is that they are low-grade reality stars that are simply looking to hang out with famous people. And then they, you know, they interviewed a lot of people, I guess, and, and that was kind of the consensus. I'm not saying anything that other people aren't saying. It's all over the British press, and they're probably unhappy with it because they feed on press the way that that shark fed on the kid that jumped off the boat. So they feed on the press. And I, 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 I guarantee that they now are maybe unhappy with that characterization. But it, it was such a bullseye characterization of them that hopefully it inspires them to change their behavior. We don't know. We don't know. We're not, you know, we're, we're just going to see. Joe Biden tripped and fell on, and he fell on, a, he fell because they put a sandbag. I don't know who did that. A merry little prankster put a sandbag where our elderly, dementia-ridden president who barely knows he's a president, Joe Biden, was there. He was there. I don't know what he was doing. I believe it was a graduation ceremony. I I, I, I want to say it was... I can be completely wrong here, and we'll we'll get the article up to 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 verify. But I want to say, was it West Point? Was it like a military? I don't know. I I'm trying to figure out where exactly it was. Do we know where he was giving this speech? He's he's up there. It was graduation, right? Or no? It was at the Air Force Academy. It was held at Falcon Stadium in Colorado Springs. Right. So it was at the Air Force Academy. So it was even like more embarrassing because it's in front of like the military. And he's giving some speech, and then (laughs) he just falls. You know, people are obviously, the, the Republicans are jumping on that, and they're like, look at Joe Biden, he's falling all over the place. And the Democrats are like, it's a sandbag. And that's the that's the climate we're in right now. The political climate we're in is that our elderly dementia-ridden president has fallen on the ground. And the Republican Party is saying he's falling all the time. And the Democratic Party is saying it was a sandbag. That is the level of political discourse in America. Things are getting very tight uh, on the at the Taiwan Strait. Russia and the Ukraine continue to ratchet up a conflict that could very well go nuclear. Our defense, uh, our our Secretary of Defense Lloyd, whatever his name is, um, insulted the Chinese Foreign Minister when talking about Taiwan. Maybe he didn't mean to. He said the conflict is not inevitable. I, you know, there maybe is other wording for that. But I, you know, I get what he's what he was trying to say, but we're we're heading towards some very big problems geopolitically, and the big issue this week is whether our elderly, dementia-ridden president fell due to his age, or was it a sandbag? And then who put the sandbag there? That's the next thing we will investigate. 
as China encircles Taiwan and Russia readies, you know, hellfire Satan missiles, we're talking about uh, the sandbag. Who put it, but who put it there? Why would a sandbag be there? I don't understand. You can clearly see you would have tripped over a sandbag. Have you never tripped? That's the level of political discourse in America right now. Sandbag gate. Why would a bag of sand even be there? He's he's an older man. He's in he's uh, in better fit than Trump. We're we're heading into very perilous, incredibly dangerous times, with and we desperately need someone who is sane, not a hundred years old, not falling, and 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 ideally not tripping over sandbags. I don't know. I don't know that that's Donald Trump. It probably isn't. Ron DeSantis seems a little a bit of a hysteric. I don't know that he's going to be skilled at diplomacy. Um, I forget. Ron DeSantis just did something. Uh, I forget exactly what it was, but it was something that you say to yourself. I don't know that this guy is truly ready for prime time. I I I, for, I think it was. That he like, oh, they're turning Epstein's Island into a luxury resort, which, by the way, I think is great because it is beautiful. I mean, whatever you whatever you think about it. But I think DeSantis was basically like. I don't know what he did. Well, his wife basically his wife on stage admitted their daughter watched Frozen all the time and he looked pissed because he's in the war with Disney. So the wife, Casey, was basically like, yeah, our daughter loves Frozen. And Ron DeSantis was like, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Talk about fucking Frozen. That's the gay company. That's the gay company. Stop saying our daughter watches the transy, tranny cartoons. Fuck. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that's the, been the big news this week. Whether Joe Biden is uh, 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 fit to walk across the stage. The Black Little Mermaid came out. Many people are enjoying it. Uh, some people are angry that it. Uh, they, 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 there was a review, I believe, in the New York Times that said it lacked kink. So people have jumped on that because I think conservatives understand kink to only mean like fetishes and like you know piss play or something. But I don't think that was. I don't think that's what the New York Times meant. I don't think they were like I liked it, but there was no BDSM. I think they meant that it's like. It's, again, what happens when you just make check box entertainment. It's boring. It's mundane. It's nothing interesting, nothing fun. You watch the old Little Mermaid or the old Disney movies. They're a little inappropriate. Uh, you know, they're a little scary even. You encounter people like you would in real life. Like Ursula in the Disney movie is someone you'd meet in real life. She is a uh, like a witch who uses your weakness against you and gets you to make a deal that you shouldn't make. These people exist everywhere. They're called real estate agents. No, I'm kidding. Although they are the lowest form of life. But anywhere, anything you buy from a car to a photocopier for your office, whatever you're buying, you're buying a fucking suit, you're buying a house, you're buying whatever, a watch, you're going to meet Ursula. There's some form of Ursula that you're going to meet. 
And that's why it's good to prepare kids for, for people like that. Con artists, people that are very good at getting you to do things you may or may not want to do. And that's what makes, that's what made those old Disney movies so great. There was a moral of the story. There was always a moral of the story, and it wasn't always something that people agreed with. You know? Like Beauty and the Beast, it's like the moral of that story was that if a woman has a questionable relationship with her father, she will end up fucking a monster. Cinderella, if you do good, your family's going to hate on you. I relate to that. Cinderella kept going up and her family hated on her because they were like broke hoes and she wasn't. That's the whole point of that thing. It's just like, fuck your haters. Live your best life. That's Cinderella. Sleeping Beauty, I kind of forget, but I think it's like she's asleep because an old bitch was angry that she was hot, which is often what happens. That's why they're mad that Leo's fucking hot women. That's Sleeping Beauty. That's the moral of that. The Lion King is sort of... I, I don't know exactly what it is. I think it had to do with the Sudan. It's a it's more political than many of them. I, I don't know. It's about colon, colonialism. But my point is that these are good films. It, Pinocchio, we're going to rape the kids. That's in there. We're taking them to the island to rape them. Right in Pinocchio. Good. You're a kid. You go, I'm not going to an island now. You know, these are good. But this, the Little Mermaid people are, people are saying it's just a little boring. Because I think they took out some of the stuff. You want the Disney villains to be evil. Or at least you, you, you want them to be, they, they should make an impression upon kids so that people know, ooh, like, you know, those people exist out there in the world and they might do bad things, so I better kind of avoid them or when I'm near them, I should be careful. And that's what, that's what Disney movies used to do, but now they're just kind of like, they're kind of, boy, can you bring up the last couple of Disney movies? I don't even know what they were. They don't make an impact on anybody anymore because there are no villains. In Disney movies now, there are no villains. They don't want anyone to be bad. There's no villain. It's like some journey or adventure, but there's no charismatic evil villain. They don't want to make villains charismatic like Ursula. They don't want to make them, they don't want to scare kids. Whatever it is, they've given up the idea that there's a evil. There's no Jafar in Aladdin. There's none of that. So they have these Disney movies. Here we are. Um, Wish. What the fuck is Wish, by the way? What is that? 2023. Wish. All of these things, they lack the kind of grit and the kind of evil people that exist in, in, in ordinary life. So kids get fucked out of seeing the people that they're going to encounter. What was Wish? Do we know what Wish was? Wish will follow a young girl named Asha who wishes on a star and gets a more direct answer than she bargained for when a troublemaking star comes down from the sky to join her. What is this? What the fuck is going on? This doesn't make any sense. 
I grew up with great Disney movies about people that were trying to kill other people, cast spells, destroy them, get them to give up the things about themselves that made them good. And now these kids are growing up with Wish? It's pathetic. So now there's there's an interesting story about a guy who is using his son. He calls him as a blood boy. I think he's taking his son's blood, and he's trying to stay young. And I actually think that's kind of a cool father-son relationship. If you could give your parent uh, the appearance of everlasting life, that's great. I will not be doing that. Can you imagine, like, my father going to the doctor and going, should I use my son's blood? And the doctor going, not only should you not use your son's blood— but you shouldn't even be around him. Uh, no, nobody would be using uh, my blood to stay young. But tech entrepreneur, 45, spends $2 million a year on reverse aging to achieve body of an 18-year-old. People call it horrifying. I think it's nice. A 45-year-old software developer has opened up about his quest to regain his youth through a rigorous plan that involves a strict diet, medical procedures, and treatments, which cost him around $2 million a year. Uh, he made a lot of money when he sold his company, Braintree Payment Solutions, uh, to eBay's PayPal in 2013 for $800 million in cash. And now he's focused on de-aging. He wants to achieve the brain, heart, lungs, liver, kidneys, tendons, teeth, skin, hair, bladder, penis, and rectum of an 18-year-old. <laughs> According to Bloomberg's feature, how to be 18 years old again for $2 million a year, Johnson employs a team of more than 30 doctors and health experts who monitor his every bodily function, and uh, there's a guy who's uh, a regenerative medicine physician who is basically saying that uh, it can be done, which th th there's no shortage of doctors that will blow smoke when rich people have money. It's, it's one of the best things about doctors. It's why Michael Jackson's dead, because if you have enough money, they'll give you anything. I know friends in Beverly Hills, rich people, they go to the doctor. It's like a deli. They go, I want this. I want that. I want this pill and that pill. And the doctors just go, okay, really the doctors is, is simply more than a conduit between you and the pharmaceutical industry at a certain level of wealth. If you don't have money, you're punished for it. And if you need medicine, we're like, do you really need it? But if you have money, doctors will just get out of the way and let you walk around uh, Pfizer like it's Gucci and just grab anything you want. Um, according to Bloomberg, each month a millionaire tech entrepreneur also endures Dozens of procedures, some quite extreme and painful, that measures their results with additional blood tests. Now, he's also using his son. You can go to the tweet. He's using his son as his blood boy, where his son is donating plasma to his father. He uses his teenage son as what he calls his blood boy. So I think they take the blood from the son and they go, here's the goal. This is what we're trying to get to. And maybe maybe there's infusions or whatnot. The tech people are interesting. This is what um, this is what the tech people are up to. They want to live forever. And there's only going to be a few of them because they want to live forever. And then AI is going to take over everybody's jobs. You're not going to be able to get deodorant in a Walmart uh, without getting a, a, a walking through like an airport scanner. Um, and then there's going to be a few of these tech people that live. They're going to try to live forever. Um, by doing weird shit like this. There's not much you can do to stop it except hope that one day you s somehow stumble upon $800 million so that you too can start using your children's blood 
to live longer. That's all you can really do. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in the studio very soon, hopefully next week, maybe the week after that. Studio in L.A. is going to be uh, new and beautiful when you see it next.